You're listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Sam Chan as he delivers Palm Sunday. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for this amazing honor to serve you. I love you. Thank God for you. I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for all the pastors all over the world who are making consequential decisions. And we just want you to know that we are praying for you, Pastor Kevin, as you make decisions that affect the lives of literally hundreds of thousands of people. We really don't know how many, but it's uh, numbers are huge. And we just want you to know we love you, we support you, we thank God for you. And what a great church, 12 Stone. Uh, church appointed of God, destined of God, through which so many people find love, life, laughter, they find peace, joy, and it is my honor and delight to be here with you. And I want to wish you a happy Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. Now, now I know you're looking at me saying, I've seen him somewhere, seen him somewhere. He looks familiar. Well, you might have seen me at my gas station. You might have seen me at my Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> Dairy Queen. I might have been your doctor. I might have been your professor. But then you're saying, he sounds familiar. He sounds familiar. So let me just tell you who I am. You know when your computer goes down and you call for tech support? I'm here. So what Pastor Kevin did was he said, you know, uh, all our churches are online now. We really need somebody who understands technology. So here I am. He brought me in person to talk to you. Not every church can do that now. He's got connections. So I'm just delighted to be here with you. So happy, happy Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is an interesting story. Jesus has been serving people for about three, three and a half years now. He's been journeying seasonally less. He has been healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the hungry He's been, he's been bringing the good news to people. He's been raising disciples and leadership. He's been teaching people. But now it is Palm Sunday. He's been announcing himself as the one who is going to bring life, hope, love, and salvation to the world. However, the people think that he's going to be a literal king who's going to rise up, dethrone the occupiers, the Romans, and establish the Jewish empire all over again. That he's going to be the one who is a savior in a political sense of the word. But it's Palm Sunday. Jesus has a borrowed donkey that he is riding into Jerusalem on. As people see him coming, they want to welcome him as the king that they're expecting. So they lay their clothes down on the, on, on, the, on the roadway. And they pick up palm branches. Hence the word Palm Sunday. They pick up palm branches. And they are waving, waving, waving at him as he's coming through. And they're crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're welcoming him as their king. But Jesus knows. He didn't come to this planet to set up a political empire. He had much bigger plans. His plan was so that you and I could come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, 
that if we did not know him as our Lord and Savior, we could ask him and he could do that. He came as a savior of humanity, not just set up a political empire. Let me read that account to you out of Luke, sorry, John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. On the next day, much people that would come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, palm trees, and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold the king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. As I started studying this uh, scripture, I noticed that the triumphal entry, that is how it's categorized, triumphal entry of Jesus is mentioned in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all mention the triumphal entry of Jesus. However, and they all mention the palm trees. They're not so sorry, sorry, it's the other way around. They all mention the colt, the donkey, but only one of them mentions the palm tree. That is John. In fact, palm, the word palm is mentioned only two times in the New Testament, in John chapter 12 and Revelation chapter 7. So I start thinking, all over the world we call this Palm Sunday. I grew up in India, my father was a pastor, and uh, every Palm Sunday was a really, really big deal leading up to what we call Holy Week, Passion Week, to the Resurrection Sunday known as Easter. So if Palm is mentioned in only one of the four accounts, but the donkey is mentioned in all four accounts, wouldn't it be logical to call this Donkey Sunday? Aren't you glad they did not choose that? But they chose Palm Sunday. That intrigued me. And because it intrigues me, I started studying a little bit more. And I see how palm can have significance for you and me in our past, in our present, and our future. Let's look at our past first. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 40, it says this, and 43. And you shall take up on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of the thick trees, and the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice, you shall rejoice, you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. Here we go. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. So palm branches and dwelling with them, God is saying, the reason I want you to do that is to reflect on your past. And he tells them specifically what to reflect on. He says, reflect on when I brought you out of Egypt. When you were in slavery, I brought you out. 
When you were in bondage, I brought you out. When you were helpless, I gave you help. When you'd given up hope, I brought you hope. When you couldn't sing, I gave you a new song. When you thought you were going to die in slavery, I had freedom for you. When you had given up on the promised land, I still had the promised land for you. God is saying to them, hey, listen, this palm time is when you reflect back on my goodness in your life. Oh, I can think about the goodness of God in my life. I remember at the age of four, I contracted diphtheria. My left side was totally paralyzed. I was sent home by the doctors to die. But here I am at the age of 67, proclaiming the goodness of God. I remember the age of 18, when I contracted spinal meningitis in India. I was in a coma for a number of days. Doctors said, I will never be able to function normally. But here I am because of the palm, the goodness of God, as I reflect on that. A few years ago, I had a heart attack, rushed to the hospital, stents put in there. But here I am reflecting on the goodness of God. About three years ago, my wife and I were on a, on a road uh, going to some errands and somebody who was inebriated, was drunk, crossed over the yellow line, hit us head on, totaled our vehicles. Both my wife Brenda and I had broken sternums and broken bones and bruised and here we are, the goodness of God. And even as I'm telling you my stories, your stories come to your mind. I'm thinking about the time when I came to America as an immigrant in 1973, and then 1974 happened, the Great Recession. When Americans were our jobs, as an international student, I could not get a legal work permit to work. And people fed me. People clothed me. Strangers gave me money. Here I am. Those are just not my stories. Those are your stories. Because even as I'm telling you my stories, I know you're sitting around watching me and saying, that's me, that's me. God's been faithful in my life. He has brought me out of my Egypt. He's brought me out of my helplessness. He's brought me out of my disappointments. He's brought me out of my despair. He's made hope for me. He's brought help for me. And I want you to know, Palm Sunday says to us, God is still a good God. His history with us is wonderful. It's magnificent what he's done in my life. He doesn't have to do anything, but he does it anyhow. And that's why he's a good God our past with our palms. But then there is the future in our palms as well. On this Palm Sunday, I want to take you to Psalm 92, verse 13. It says this, The righteous shall flourish, shall flourish, shall flourish like the palm tree. The righteous shall Flourish like the palm tree. Now, palm trees are uh, an anomaly in the botanical environment. Palm trees really don't start bringing their best fruit till they're at least 100 years old. Palm trees can grow for hundreds of years. Now, now in those hundreds of years, you know they have been through adversity. In those hundreds of years, you know that palm trees has had storms come into its life. You know in those palm Trees have gone through some difficult, difficult days. And yet, God says, you will flourish like the palm tree. So what does flourish really mean? Flourish means simply to grow. 
Another meaning of flourish is abundance. I've found another meaning of flourish, which is to fly. In these difficult days that we are experiencing right now, so many words have been used like unprecedented, impossible, never before. Our vocabulary is failing us to express what we are really feeling deep down on the inside. There's nowhere to intellectually express what we are sensing and feeling. And yet, God is saying, Sam, and your name, don't forget, on this Palm Sunday, you're like a palm tree. You may be bent, but not broken. You may be swaying in the storms of unpredictability, but I got you. Because flourishing says, it's not when I come out on the other side. It says, in the middle of the storm, I can experience God's faithfulness. These are times of uncertainty. The best answers we can get from experts, from people who are supposed to know about all this is, we are working hard on it. We're working toward it. We see signs and glimmers of hope. Things are going to work out. Don't give up. We're, 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 we're getting there. I don't know. Those are the best answers we're getting right now. And I'm not against that. I understand that. And I am uh, grateful that at least people have the integrity to say, I don't know. But I want to tell you something God does. God knows. He knows the buffeting we're going through. He knows the perplexities and dilemmas of our life. He knows the thoughts you are thinking but are afraid to talk about them out of your mouth. He knows your frustrations. He knows your shattered plans. He knows the things that are happening in your life in real time. But he's saying to us on this Palm Sunday, don't ever forget you are the palm tree. I have a plan for you in the middle of your storm. It was uh, 2012. My older daughter was pregnant with her second baby. We were so excited uh, going to the, uh, to the doctors for the ultrasound, discovered he's going to be a boy. So the family named him. Well, actually, she and her husband named him Jude Rockwell. Jude Rockwell. So we were just so excited that we we're going to have Jude in our house. So, uh, uh, you know, we started singing the great hymn of the church written by the Beatles. Did you know they wrote hymns? This is one of them. Hey, Jude. Yeah, we sang that all over the house. Uh, I rubbed my daughter's tummy and said, hey, Jude, we're going to have a good time. Uh, her and her husband painted the room with Jude. There was wallpaper saying Jude. There was a car seat saying Jude. We were just so excited. Came time for her delivery. We all went to the hospital with family and friends. They took Rachel back. It took a little longer than we expected it to be. Then the doctor comes out and says to us, could we have the family meet with me in the conference room? You know, that's never good. So the family and the doctor went to the conference room and the doctor said to us, we tried our best. The mother is fine. 
we were not able to save the baby. To say that we were crying would be a total understatement. We were heaving with sobs. That evening, we drove back home. Empty car seat. Went to the house. There were balloons hanging on the mailbox. Welcome home, Jude. Hey, Jude. And all those kind of good things. We pulled down the balloons one at a time. Went to Jude's room and closed the door. Totally empty. Nothing to hold on to. Couldn't understand. Everything was on track. The baby was healthy. What happened? As a minister of the gospel, I've done a lot of funerals in my ministerial life. Lots of them. But none that was more racking my soul. Because at that funeral, my daughter, her husband, my other granddaughter, my wife, my other daughter, family and friends, hundreds of them at the gravesite. Toughest funeral I've ever done. I still feel that hole in my heart that should never go away. A few months later, we were sitting at our kitchen table, all of us, reflecting on our palm tree that was being bent, but not broken. And we started thinking about, so how does the palm tree deal with this? So we decided that we would start a school called Jude Rockwell Academy in my hometown of Lucknow, India, North India. We've been adding a grade to it every year. We're, about, we're up to about 400 students right now. We are in the process of building a schoolhouse for 1,000 students. These students come from all different religions, but we get the opportunity to share the gospel and Jesus with them. Jude Rockwell Academy is being built even as I am speaking to you because we are bent but not broken. Because you see, in your moment right now, your faith is being tested with everything else. And that is where Palm Sunday says, you are a palm tree. You can sway in the storms of life, but doesn't have to break you. That's the present. Let's go to the future. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 13. Revelation chapter 7. And after this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, 
which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. In the future, God still is talking about Palm Sunday. I call that the real Palm Sunday. So here's the scene for that. The scene for that is we are in the future in the presence of God. His beloved are there. And we have palm branches in our hands. And we are proclaiming the real king of kings and the Lord of lords in his presence in the future. And we are victorious. In the past, we rejoice. In the present, we flourish. But in the future, we are victorious. Uh, so I told you earlier that only two times in the New Testament is the word palm mentioned. They're mentioned by the same person, John. John mentions it in John chapter 12. And now he's writing on the island of Patmos. It's like Alcatraz. He has been banished. He's in exile. He is in prison. And he's writing the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament. And in Revelation chapter 7, he's talking about the palm again. So the same man, John, talks about the palm branches on Jesus as he reflects back on his Palm Sunday in John chapter 12. But now he is fast forwarding to what God is showing him about the real Palm Sunday where there's victory, overcoming, triumphant power of God. And that is where we come to understand that our victorious being our triumphant entry is only because we are in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here's the context again. Jesus is riding in on a donkey on Palm Sunday. But he could see something that John, who was observing him in John chapter 12, could not see. Because Jesus was seeing Revelation chapter 7 being written in front of him. So as I compare John chapter 12, as John is reflecting on the past, and I compare that to Revelation chapter 7, same gentleman, John, is now on Isle of Patmos reflecting on the future Palm Sunday, the real Palm Sunday. Here are some contrasts over here. In John chapter 12 is the old Jerusalem. In Revelation chapter 7, it is the new Jerusalem. In John chapter 12, there are only a few people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. In Revelation chapter 7, it says, it is a crowd that cannot be numbered. In, Revelation, in John chapter 12, 
it's only the Jews who are crying out Hosanna. But it just is amazing to notice what's going on in Revelation chapter 7. It says all people of all nations, of all tribes, of all languages, people that look like me, people that don't look like me, people who talk like me, people who don't talk like me, people on every continent, everybody will be there because he expanded the scope and sphere of people who can come to him. So wherever you are in your life, my dear friend, I want you to know, Jesus came in this world, headed toward Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, not to be enthroned as the king of Israel, but to be enthroned as the king of your heart. If you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today's an amazing day. All you gotta do is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You're my king. And you will start a brand new life on this Palm Sunday in your life. In John chapter 12, this Palm Sunday is happening on earth. In Revelation chapter 7, it's happening in heaven. In John chapter 12, it's a fickle crowd that cannot make up their mind. Because on Palm Sunday, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. But the same crowd, a few days later, on Good Friday, are saying, crucify him, crucify him. But the crowd in Revelation chapter 7 are people just like you and me who have accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives, a loyal group of people. I love the last comparison I can come up with. I know you can come up with more. In John chapter 12, they are trying to proclaim him as king, king of an earthly empire. When Revelation chapter 7, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So in these difficult, trying, unprecedented, impossible, hard to explain, hard to express days that we are living in, it is still Palm Sunday. And this Palm Sunday is saying to us, rejoice because I have been faithful in your life. Look back, reflect. My testimony in your life, my history in your life has been impeccable. I helped you when you had given up on yourself. I brought hope when you're hopeless. I provided when there was nothing working out for you. Rejoice in his faithfulness in our life. And then he says, flourish right now. In the middle of this, anyone can flourish when all is well. But listen to me, believers. This is the time to flourish and grow in him. Go deeper than we ever have. Be more God-dependent than we ever have. And then he says to us, I have good plans for you because victory is yours. I am still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Rejoice, flourish, and be victorious. Happy Palm Sunday. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, reminding us you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. On this Palm Sunday, we reflect on the palm itself, your faithfulness in our life, your presence in our present, and your guidance in our future. We can rejoice, we can flourish, 
and we shall be victorious. I pray for my friends who are watching me right now. Let your peace surround them. Wherever they are, some are in the living room, some in the kitchens, some in the phones, some in the yards. Wherever they are, let your presence meet them right now. Lord, I pray for those who do not know you as their Lord and Savior, that this will be a moment they will say yes to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for letting me come to this great church, 12 Stone, and talk to you about what Palm Sunday is really all about. I want to give everyone who's listening to me right now, watching me, those who will watch me later on, a free book, a free book. You'll pay postage and handling. Uh, this is only good for the United States of America. This is a free book. It's 224 pages long. It's simply called 52 Tuesdays with Sam Chand. So there are 52 devotions, leadership devotions, leadership thoughts, journaling opportunities that are in here. So get this free of charge. All you got to do is get out your phone and text Tuesday to 33777. You will see that on the screen. 33777. Text the word Tuesday. It'll ask you for your information. You'll pay postage, but the book itself is free. And you shall receive that as soon as we get your information from you. Leadership journaling, leadership devotions, leadership thoughts. So before I take my seat and Pastor Kevin comes and speaks to you as only a pastor can. This is that moment that we need our shepherds and our pastors. I want to say this to you. God's been faithful to you. Don't negate his faithfulness, so rejoice. He's with you in the middle of the storm. You might be bent, but not broken. He wants you to flourish now. And he also wants you to know that your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. So we can be victorious together. Rejoice. Flourish. Live victorious.